Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 15 of Small Room. I am here with Daryl Gonzalez. Hello, Daryl, but yeah. Yeah. Um, can you say it again? Daryl. Daryl, all right. Uh, so, Daryl, mm-hmm. uh, tell the audience what you're famous for. What, am I, what I'm famous for? Oh, uh, well, um, I have a lot of useless crap. I uh, dress like I'm in the 1800s. I use pens that nowadays are considered obscure. I don't know. What, what am I famous for, Tobus? You tell me. I mean, I definitely think the suits are one of the things. Because when school was still a thing, you know, mm-hmm. we used to go in person. Oh, uh, you would wear just, days? yep, you know, five months ago. Uh, you would just wear these baller suits. Um, <laughs> wh- why? Well, t- technically, just for the record, technically, I've never worn a suit to school. A suit is a coat. Uh, coat and pants made of the same fabric. I've never done that. And, you know, I have been asked this question probably hundreds of times within the last few years, and yet I still don't know how to reply to that. Uh, I, I've just always enjoyed dressing like this, and it sort of, it started off with just regular, like, you know, button-down shirts. And then I got into, like, cufflinks and stuff. And then I was gifted a bunch of ties, and then it just sort of got out of hand, and now here we are. <laughs> You know, honestly, I think it, it was the same thing with me when, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but last year I started collecting a whole bunch of IDs. I just yes. got one. And I got it at one point. And I just got the idea to just add on and add on. So, I mean, I understand that impulse of just sort of rocking something and keeping with it. Yeah. Uh, so, I also remember in high school, you had a typewriter. Do you still have it? I have multiple typewriters. In fact, right behind me here, I have a gorgeous 1911 Underwood typewriter. Okay. And I have six, I think. Again, it started off with just one, and then I got another one, and another one, and then I started repairing them, and I spent a while selling them too. And then I just kept the six best ones, and now I have six freaking typewriters. Okay, do you actually use the typewriters to write letters? Uh, I, I mainly use my fountain pens, but given that my handwriting is oh so atrocious, I write them out, I handwrite them, and then I uh, transcribe them on a typewriter, and then I send it. I see. That's the only way people will be able to read it. Okay. So with the fountain pens, which is the oldest one that you have? Oof. Oof. Oldest would probably be this green one here. This one is from 1955. Let's see. What kind of work goes into maintaining all these things that you own, you know, the typewriter and the pens? Well, I, on my uh, phone and iPad and laptop and everything, I have uh, once a month, I have my calendar set to remind me, oh, you know, uh, hey, uh, this day, clean your pens. And so I clear out my desks. I put out uh, ink rags. Which I have quite a few down here. And then I clean them. I adjust them. I re-ink them. Same goes with typewriters. Though typewriters, you just brush them off, you use them, and then you replace the uh, ink ribbon, and that's about it. So yeah, you do have to maintain these sorts of things. And um, speaking of, okay, this has nothing to do with, I don't know why I said speaking of. Anyway, um, so a few weeks ago, you launched this podcast named Daryl Discusses. Mm -hmm. Uh, What made you launch the podcast? Well, for quite a while, I've been told by multiple people that I have a pretty good voice and that I should sit and uh, that if I would st- to start something that they'd sit down and listen to it. And I was like, okay, that's pretty fair. 
And then I saw that you started a podcast and I was like, okay, hey, if he can do it, I'm sure there's a way that I can do it. And so actually I came to you and I asked you, oh, hey, how did you manage to upload and all this stuff? And because of you, my podcast is up and running. And then I went and I bought a mic and a stand and all this crap. And yeah. I see that you have the Yeti Snowball, um, yeah. pretty baller mic. Uh, I use the, I use the Yeti microphone, mm-hmm. best, best microphone you could use. Yeah, cheap and high quality audio. Uh, now, agreed. The platforms both of us use to upload our podcast. This is for the audience. It's named mm-hmm. Anchor. Anchor. If anyone yeah. is interested in starting a podcast, uh, that's the platform you use because it yeah, uploads to Spotify. Apple podcast, it just uploads to a bunch of these places everywhere. Like, you can go on your little distribution tab, and there's like 40 like pages that you've never heard of, like Google Podcasts and this and that and that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what platform do people use to listen to your podcast the most? I haven't exactly checked, but I'm pretty sure it's Spotify. And I did check the demographics, and somehow 60% of my viewers are women, which I don't know why, but yeah, God bless, God bless. Um, you know, excluding YouTube, which is where I upload the video versions mm-hmm. of these podcasts, I would say the same thing, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually not a fan of Spotify. I don't even have Spotify. I Apple fan, fanboy through and through. All right. Uh, speaking of women, what do you think about the song WAP? This is like, a oh, week God. <laughs> okay. I, I haven't heard it, but I did watch the Ben Shapiro show and he talked about the lyrics and stuff and then i went and i checked it out oh good god that's i mean you're the one who reviews music what are your thoughts okay well i'm not gonna lie to you when i first listened to it i thought it was a one to a two out of ten just because you know the beat was just standard trap rap the only unique thing was just the hook there's some whores in this house there's some whores in this house definitely the best aspect of the song anyway but other than that the beat was just standard and the lyrics about a P word were, were pretty generic. The entire thing was about Punani. It's terrible. <laughs> and, but but I, I saw an article, I forgot where it was, and they were praising uh, both of them for being feminist icons or something like that, which I find that hilarious. All you have to do is talk about your cooch, and then boom, you're a feminist. <laughs> well, because there's two schools of thought when it comes to feminism, sex-positive feminism and sex negative feminism now the sex positive one is the one that you're thinking of right now where it says well, it's one thing to be sex positive it's another thing to be a whore <laughs> those are two separate things to be out here <laughs> rapping about how it's smelling and dripping and all these terrible things goodness no one wants to hear that and she's made millions off it and she's gonna make millions more <laughs> off her disgusting drippy fishy cooch oh god <laughs> so that's so that's a sex positive where it says, all right, you know, men can be sex. Men are just open about their sexuality and stuff. Women have that same right. And then there's the sex yeah. negative version of feminism, which basically says, you know, women are just more than sexual objects and sexual desires. Yeah. We need to look beyond past just the sex. Yeah. Because women provide a lot more. My thoughts on the whole Ben Shapiro controversy with the song was just basically, you know, men shouldn't be rapping about this objectifying women women shouldn't be objectifying themselves but we live in a free market people yeah. have a choice if they want to well, if you want to do it by all means go ahead i mean they have millions of fans who are loving it i just so happen i, I don't like it that's me you can make millions off the other ones and that's her right to do so yeah oh god 
And I mean, the, the positive aspect is that at least now, before where it was just men talking about the P word, it's now women are capitalizing on it too. Well, it, it's the same thing. There's, there's plenty of songs about guys, you know, getting head or whatever the hell. So I guess it's only fair that women get to do it too. Either way, I think it's terrible. Guys or girls, but still. So, yeah, no, the whole Ben Shapiro thing was so funny. <laughs> Hearing him, like, rap it, just, oh, it's terrible. This poor guy. <laughs> Everyone was clowning on him. It was so funny. Can you blame him? Imagine <laughs> if you went on here and you brought up the lyrics and you very calmly and casually just read them. Good God. No, but then his response made it so much worse because it oh. was like people were, were saying, all right, you know, Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B, they have a right to rap this, mm. and this is positive, and they were talking about why they thought it was positive, and Ben Shapiro was like, oh, actually, um, I talked to my doctor wife, and she <laughs> says so women get wet, and if women get wet, it's a bacterial disease. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and God. Somebody replied to him, oh, poor Ben, is that what your wife says to you when she can't climax? <laughs> I mean, Ben Shapiro, he's been hated on for years. And if you go on Twitter, he's like the number one person who's getting all this like hate and attack and they're hilarious. I mean, the guy's a good debater, you know, he knows what he's talking about and stuff. Like he is, he's a good presence, but, oh, I mean, people just mainly make fun of the way he speaks. Cause he and speaks idea, like he's, he's on a treadmill. Oh yeah. And his doctor wife, which he mentions every five minutes. <laughs> like, okay, cool. I mean, I don't know why you would want to mention your doctor wife. I guess he, yeah, I, the times I've heard he's him proud. Mention, he's proud that he has a a, a, a Jewish doctor wife. No, it's because oh, that, not only that, but also because you know every single time he argues against a universal healthcare style system, he yeah. brings up uh, his wife and how yeah, either she said something negative. Or, yeah. yeah. All right. Um. So as you know, a few days ago, by the time this episode comes out, like a week ago, mm-hmm. Joe Biden has chosen oh, Kamala Harris. Uh, my question to you is, what do you think? Listen, I'm not, I mean, it's pretty funny that in the middle of, you know, riots and anti-police sentiment, Joe Biden chooses a corrupt cop as his VP. It's, it's uh, a, an interesting idea. I'm not the biggest fan of Harris. I mean, I'm sure you remember, we were, we were at the debates when this happened, when she called Joe Biden a rapist and uh, a segregationist and all these things. Oh, she said... Uh, I believe every single uh, Joe Biden accuser and all this stuff. And then she just turns around and shakes this man's hand and boom, now they're on the ticket. Mm. I'm not a big fan. I mean, good for her, I guess, but she's not going to win. So there's no point. All right. How about you? Uh, What are your thoughts on Mrs. Harris? I will get to what you just said now, but first we'll talk about Kamala. Um, I mean, I remember that night we were there and honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought when she did that, my mind was game over. Joe Biden's oh, yeah. career is no, over. The entire room, the entire room erupted. Even people who were for uh, Joe uh, Joe Biden were just like, okay, that, that's it. Rip my mans. And when, uh, what's your name? Uh, the pretty one from Hawaii, I think. Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, yeah. destroyed both of them. Uh, sadly, none of them stood a chance. I mean, I would have preferred to see, uh, what's your name? The, the Indian one. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> as potential vp but no we're stuck with harris and meh, we'll see no i like do you think s- she'll do really well in the debates all right i mean it could go either way it just depends on how mike pence you know responds to her yeah 
you know, if he goes for her bad record as a prosecutor or the bad aspects of her record, then I can definitely see Mike Pence winning the debate. But I'm well, not he, sure. He has to. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's going to get coached. Be like, hey, you have to say this. You had to mention this. You had to mention this. And he'll, you know, he'll mop the floor with her. But I think she'll go after his uh, anti-gay uh, views. He'll go after, I mean, what is she pro? Besides socialism. Uh, a pro-abortion? There we go. She can attack. Uh, I think uh, Pence the other day had an interview and he said, uh, Donald Trump is the most pro-life president we've ever had. And I'm sure she'll attack that. I'm sure both of them will. Yeah. Uh, like you said now, um, you, as of now, you think Donald Trump is going to win the election? I'm pretty sure he will, yeah. Okay, so my question. If the election were today, mm-hmm. who, would win the, who would win? You're saying Trump? If it were today? Yes, today. That's okay. I think without any uh, debates, without nothing, I'm pretty sure Biden would win. Yeah, I I think Biden too. is going to do really, really well, at least in the polls and everything. Of course, he's going to do well. He's, you know, the media is on his side until the debates come. And I have a feeling he's going to make a massive fool of himself. And then after that, he'll lose plenty of support. But he might still win the general. I, I mean, I think the debates can definitely change. But not only would the debates have to be a clear Trump killed it, but one of oh, yeah. the major crises would have to get solved. Coronavirus would have to be cured. Um, the economy would have to recover. Um, just one of the major crises that we're facing as a country would have to be solved in order for Trump to get reelected. Because there's well, so slowly much over time they are. I mean, now we're allegedly having vaccines done from different countries, and we're getting trials done through that. Jobs are slowly coming back and whatnot. So I'm sure by the time when is when is the first debate? Like October around there? It's September. September, excuse me. Well, there we go. By the time September rolls around, there'll be something to talk about, hopefully. Um, You mentioned earlier when we hung out at the second night of the debate. Mm -hmm. You know, fun fact, they're going to hold the debate, they're going to hold the presidential debate, the second one, Trump versus Biden, here in Miami in the same place. Oh, in the Arts Center. Yeah, the same place where they hold the first one, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, we, we have to get tickets. Wow, that's really cool. Dude, they're not letting anyone in except media really? types. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, because of the virus. God damn it. Dude, the, I feel like tickets would be so expensive, though, even if they were well, of so- course. But I, I'd rather watch the debate than pay for the Super Bowl, so. I, I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> it was supposed to be in Michigan, in the University of Michigan. Yeah, but they canceled, I heard. Uh, yeah, they canceled. So they picked Florida, where everything is, where, where it's chilling. Well, they canceled the uh, RNC because of COVID. And that was supposed to be up here in Jacksonville. Yeah, but I don't think that was the government canceling it. No, I think, I think it, was it was the institution. It, yeah. it was the RNC who canceled it yeah. after a certain point. And I, they also did the same thing for the Democratic Convention. Only yeah, that to, was supposed to be where? In Wisconsin, I think? It was supposed to be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. All right. Uh, speaking of election odds, I'm going to show you something right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me know if you can see it. Okay. Okay. So this was what Nate Silver had the results as most likely being the day of the election, right? Uh-huh. And as you can see, he gave Hillary a 71% chance yeah. of winning and Donald Trump a 29% chance of winning. And honestly, out of everyone else, I think he was the most accurate because he gave Donald Trump the most statistical chance. If you've ever played... Let's yeah, say yeah. poker, 30% is real as a heart attack. 
And even he got it wrong. But what I'm saying is he gave Trump enough room to win where everyone else was just saying, oh, 90% chance Hillary wins, 98%. Oh, yeah, most uh, mainstream media has had zero chance of Trump winning. Yeah, he still managed to do it. But he has, which I'm pretty sure ended up being red, uh, Florida and a few other states. I mean, he predicted that it'd be blue for some reason. No, no, but I'm saying this was before the, like, this was the day before the election or the day before the oh, results. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So this is what his prediction was. It was it's not for, bad. It's not bad. But here's the thing, like, he got it, he got, he got it wrong. And because he underestimated the dangers in the Rust Belt states. So, he, oh, yeah. 83% chance Hillary wins Wisconsin, 78. 78%, 77%. And these were the right. states... These were the states that he needed to flip Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North yeah. Carolina, Florida. He flipped those he by slim margins and he won. Now, the forecast came out a few days ago. He has Donald Trump at the same odds of winning as Biden. Oh, fascinating. <laughs> yeah. And I like the way that they laid out this one better because this one was, you know, a definitive prediction, whereas this one is all the possible scenarios where. Yeah. Where, where Trump wins, all the realistic ones at least. And, the and most- which one, according to this, is the most likely to happen? Well, I haven't seen the most likely one to happen. What they're saying is Arizona is light blue, Florida is light blue, Pennsylvania light blue, Wisconsin light blue. This one is basically saying Biden wins by, realistically, um, like 300, a little bit over 300 electoral yeah. votes. And I mean, it's just crazy to see that we're in the same place in as we 20- were four years ago. Yeah. As we were four years ago. Well, it's the same thing. It's the crappier option of both of them. This time, and it was same thing in 2016. Same thing in 2016. Trump had zero chance of winning. When he first came out, everyone was like, oh, this guy's a joke. This guy's from the Celebrity Apprentice. No way in hell he'll be president. Four years later, here we are. Yeah. And I mean, did you think Trump was going to win? I remember I saw the first debate, the first Republican primary debate when it, when it aired. And I was, I, I, for some reason, said to my mom, I think Trump has a chance. And everyone, even in school, people were like, nah, of course not. He's doing, I thought he was doing it like Kanye is now, doing it for publicity, doing it for fame and whatnot, you know, for uh, reviews. And then he won the primary. And I was okay, mm, a little fishy, could happen. Then uh, I believe Hillary got the nomination. She had that nice speech, blah, 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 blah. And once I saw it was Clinton, I was like, okay, no, there's definitely a chance that Trump, like now he officially has a chance to win. And then he won. And now with Biden, I don't think Biden stands much of a chance, right now at least. If he wins the debates, then without a chance, he'll win. But mm, do I think he's going to win again? Yeah. Did I think he was going to win back then? Somewhat. A lot less than I do now. I mean, to be fair, though, I think everyone when Trump announced took him not seriously at all. Oh, no one at all. Not even like this, like the CNN people and like the Fox people were like, ah, this is a joke. This is for money. He's trying to get better reviews on The Apprentice and whatnot. And then he won the freaking primary and that was the end. I mean, I don't even think Trump thought he was going to win the primary. There were reports from outside that. You know, heard, he thought it was a joke or something like that, that he was running yeah. as, uh, I forgot the word that they used, but yeah. I, um, but here's the thing though. Like when he announced... What he did was he hired people to cheer for oh, him. Oh, yeah, I heard that. He hired people having signs and stuff. That was so stupid. <laughs> he paid them each 50 bucks. <laughs> Can you imagine? Here's $50. Go stand by that railing with a Trump 2020 sign. 
Oh and he stole, uh, he stole Reagan's uh, motto. Make America great again, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's make America great. Then he just added it again. <laughs> no, I think Reagan's thing was also make America great again. I can look it up. Oh, he's just stole it verbatim? I think it was too. <laughs> I'm going to look it, it up. It was, right uh, yeah, Reagan and Bush. Wait, did I Bush think it use was, it? No, Bush used, um, God, I don't even remember. All right, I'm going to, I have it pulled up right here. But I mean, is, I don't. Right? I don't like the new slogan that Trump has used. I feel like it's... Keep America great now. It's a little insensitive right now. No, I know because America isn't great right now. Even even if you like Yeah, Trump let's make was... America great again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, because with all the things going on in America, I feel it's a little bit insensitive to keep America great. I think if you well, had to just... be fair, I, th- I think he announced the, the slogan, the motto, before all the shit hit the fan. No, I, I, I know, but especially now, but even before, oh, yeah. even before, it's like Trump hasn't done everything he's wanted, he's wanted to do. He's done a lot, but he hasn't done everything he's wanted to do. Well, so no say, president has. I, I agree, but I'm just saying that, you know, how can you say keep America great if you haven't accomplished everything that you've wanted within four years? You know what I mean? I agree. Well, I, I think his thing is, okay, you, you've shown, I've shown you what I can do in these four years. Give me four more and I'll do blah, which is what every politician does. The same dribble that everyone says. But I think he's accomplished quite a lot in these four years. And if we give him four more, he might be able to practically push everything he has on his agenda. And now with uh, the Senate and Congress uh, elections coming up in what? I don't even know what date. Do we think that they'll win the House or they'll lose the House? It's, it's, that depends quite a lot. If they manage to get, because they already have the Senate, they basically have, they being the president, they basically have uh, the Supreme Court by the balls. All they need is a few more uh, House of Representatives members and then boom. Though I think Democrats need eight more seats or nine more seats around there to take back the Senate, which could be a little dangerous. But yeah, No, I think they, they only need a net gain of four seats to take back the Senate. They only need four? They only need four, a net gain of four. Oh, yikes. So I'm going to just have to switch for you. Yeah, I'm going to switch right now. So right now, this is just a website, ourprogress.org. Um, it basically mm-hmm. says which seats are safe. So yeah. the, dar- the darker red that it is, the more safe it is for Republicans. The darker the blue, the more safe it is for Democrats. And you see these gray seats here? Those yeah. are toss-ups. Um, I think that if Trump does win this election, he's going to lose the Senate. I don't doubt that. Because, I mean, that's what's happened with every single president who's gone a second yeah. term up to this point. second term, they end up losing something, yeah. They end up losing both chambers of, uh, of, Congress, of Congress because it's a political pendulum. Yeah. Uh, now, what I will say, though, is that I think the Senate is more important than the House because the Senate is where you get things like cabinet picks and the Supreme Court. So, I mean, for Democrats right now, if they want to effectively stop Trump, I would say... Getting, yeah, they just need the Senate. Getting those, getting the Senate, in my opinion, is much more important than getting the White House. And let me tell you why. Yeah. Because with the Senate, once again, you have the Supreme Court and you have all these cabinet picks. Let's say Trump wins and Senate Democrats um, get the Senate. Uh-huh. If Trump wants to put another Supreme Court justice, the Senate Democrats could just be like, nope, we're not doing it. Well, court. actually, now, I mean, how old is uh, Ginsburg? 
80. She's she's 157 years old. I mean, she you know she sneezes and she's gone. And within four years, she probably won't last. So I I don't think she'll retire, but she probably will die. I mean, God forbid, but she's gonna probably die. And then Trump, that means he'll have what five out of nine justices will be Republicans or conservative. It'll be a super majority of justices that are conservative. But here's, exactly. what I'm, here's what I'm saying. What Mitch McConnell did when um, Antonin Scalia died, where he mm-hmm. blocked off the seat from being filled yeah. for an entire year, I feel like that's what Democrats should do or can do. Yeah. Oh, they're going to probably do that. They're going to try to withhold it until a Democrat comes along. Yeah, exactly. Like they did, like they did when oh, it was Obama. Uh, yeah. Well, so they held it off for the last year so then uh, Trump could put the first yeah. guy in. Yeah. So that's why it's more important for the Democrats to have control of the Senate than it is to have control of the House. Yeah. But, but I think this election, more than anything else, is a referendum on Trump. People may not. OK, as a, even speaking as a Trump supporter, as a person, the guy's an absolute C word. Like he's uh, you can't stand him as a person. He's terrible. But as a president, I mean, like him or hate him, he's done quite a lot. And people, most most common American people, they only care about do they have to, or how much are they paying in taxes, and are they making enough at work? That's all they really care about. Everything else is a nice, happy, added little extra. I think Trump has done enough for the average, like white American, that he'll win the election again. And that's all that kind of matters to him right now. Like or any politician, anything that matters to a politician is winning office. That's it. So what you what you do? You know, you promise them, hey. I'll give you this nice, pretty little thing if I win office. Then you win them, and you're like, ha-ha, no. And that's what happens. Yeah, but, I mean, right now with how things have been handled with COVID, uh, do, you, mm-hmm. do you think that it's possible that the American people just say, all right, Trump is in charge, therefore it's Trump's fault, and we, we need somebody else? I wouldn't say it's tr- – I don't think anyone's blaming the disease on Trump. No, I'm not talking about disease. I'm talking about the response to the disease. Oh, the response to COVID, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying, all right, it's Trump's fault, but I'm saying here's how people might think it's Trump's fault. Well, anyone could easily say, oh, I wish it was handled better. But, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, so anyone can bloody say that. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Of course. I mean, I can look back and say, oh, yeah, 2016 election, we shouldn't have put Clinton up against Trump. Okay, it doesn't do shit now. It's been four years. Same thing goes with COVID. I think the right thing was done at the time, or at least what we thought. I mean, every day we're getting new information. Uh, yesterday we found out that 50% of the masks that we use aren't the proper masks. So it's stuff like this. It's information that's constantly evolving. I'm sure he thought he did what was right at the time. Now I'm sure if you ask him, he'd say, oh, I, w- I would change this. I would have done this or this or this or this and so on. Okay. And like you said, all right, we can't say since hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, it doesn't really matter because the past already happened. Um, but how do you think Trump's response to COVID has been? You know, somebody who supports him. It's not perfect. And again, nothing is perfect. I think he could have... Actually, I'm not even sure what he could have done better. I mean, some countries like New Zealand and whatnot, they shut down completely. But we're not going to compare a country of New Zealand, which has... I mean, Google how many uh, okay. civilians they have. Five, ten million probably. Compared to the U.S., which has what? 300 million, 400 million. And if anything, we should be blaming China for bringing it over here and not stopping it when they had the chance. And then every, every, every single country has had some exposure to it, except for North Korea. They had one guy and they shot him. 
Is that actually what they did though? Because McGraw. I made think so. I joke. read. I hope. I hope it wasn't true, but I think I read that. Google that too. And there All was right. one guy. I mean, now everyone's wearing masks and whatnot. When that apparently is helping. Right. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, the response to COVID, I think the worst thing that Trump has not done to deal with the COVID is doing a national mask mandate. I think even now a national mask mandate would help tremendously to control the spread of the disease. It's a good idea, but you forget that people in this country are very particular about their rights. And if you tell them, hey, you have to do this, this is something you need to do, most people are going to say, yeah, no, go fuck yourself. I want to wear a mask. It's like smoking cigarettes. There should be a mandate. Don't smoke cigarettes. You'll die. If I want to kill myself, then by all means, go ahead. And I think most Americans will have the same. I mean, you've seen all the Karen videos, haven't you? Yeah, I have. What's going to stop if you have a cop? It's going to be the same exact thing. Just that she'll be arrested. Um, well, you mentioned the whole um, how people would react. I mean, I disagree with the notion that a mask mandate is, excuse me, a mask mandate is an infringement on one's rights. I think oh, a I mask mandate. I mean, I wear my mask when I go outside. I don't mind. Yeah, but I, I don't do mind. get that some people don't. I think wearing a mask is the equivalent of being forced to wear clothes when, let's say, you want to go to a Publix. Or when you want to yeah. go, it's true. It's true, right? Yes, you're right. Being for being told that I have to, you know, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Being told that is indeed an infringement on my rights. If I want to go into a McDonald's butt ass naked, <laughs> then I guess I can. But that's why some stores are saying if you don't have a mask, you can't come in. It's that simple. Like yeah. I think it's Walmart uh, released a nationwide thing. A whole bunch of other stores and restaurants too. Yeah, and that's good. And I give those corporations credit. However, not all businesses and all owners believe that oh sorry that's my brother screaming um anyway um not all corporations are the same and not all of them you know are going to do the same thing so there's plenty of places here in florida if you go up north where 80 percent of the people you go into any store they're not going to be wearing a mask well i was in uh i took my dog to the beach for the first time a week ago and we went up to uh boca raton and that's Broward County, I think. And I went to a restaurant. Nobody had any masks. I mean, people, they did keep their distance. We were sat outside and all this stuff. But most people, they, they weren't really doing anything differently. And I think their cases are far less than ours. So they're doing something right, apparently. Oh, uh, dude, Miami-Dade is the new Wuhan. We are so screwed. <laughs> well, the numbers are so high because we have... I think it's twice the population of anywhere else in the whole state. So it's understandable why our cases are so bad. But I think they are dropping, but I mean, not as quickly as we'd hope. They released that most of the, the, the testing done in some place was all fake. So I am a little fishy and suspicious about those release numbers, at least. Because here's the thing. Um, Florida, right? Like, if you take the number of cases that come out positive for covid what mm. realistic percentage do you think the cases are fake this is just an honest question i hope the margin isn't anything more than 20 30 percent i hope anything above that is just insane okay so let's take your highest number 30 percent yeah not much. The, they're still going up in some places yeah but here's the thing six thousand a day is not good yeah it's, and, it's still a lot yeah and even if you take the cases to 20, 30% fake, that still means we have thousands upon thousands still, yeah, of people with COVID. Thousands of people getting sick every single day. So that means either... But we shouldn't compare the number of sick people to the number of deaths. 
Oh, no, for sure. I, I think the percentage of survival is, what, 97% or something like that? Or even higher? Yeah. I mean, the but, flu is, in most cases, 10 times deadlier. Uh, here's the thing, though. The flu has killed less people this year than COVID. And the country has been in shutdown for nearly half a year. Yeah. So Six could you imagine now. if we had never done the shutdown and if we had never... Oh, it would have been terrible. It would have been millions of people dying, probably. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with, just with the, I think there was a study predicted, I think it was your lovely CNN, that said that had Trump not shut down, or this was as he was shutting it down, they were saying that it was a, uh, the wrong thing to do, and then they corrected the article a few months later, saying that there were been at least five or six million people dead within the first four months. Jesus. And thankfully, we managed to avoid that, because you can imagine, geez, it's like a holocaust, but with a disease. I mean, we're still relatively bad compared to the rest of the world we have one of the highest covid deaths per capita capita, i mean we're not number one i think number one is from spain and italy because uh those country those uh countries were so in so infected early on that um that the number of deaths they got within those first weeks in march and february yeah they completely ruined the scales so I mean, I'm trying to, yeah, you see here, like, let's see, yeah, what, are we first place? Yeah, I mean, we're first place in deaths, but it, death is supposed to be, like, oh, per million, okay, yeah. Deaths per, deaths per million, if you go to the highest one, it's Belgium, Peru, yeah, Belgium, United Peru, Kingdom. the UK, Spain. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, we're, we're still in top 10, but it could be worse. Yeah, it could, it could be worse in terms of the deaths per, per million. Um, why would you go to Boca Raton? Why would you do that to yourself, man? We, uh, my dad took the wrong turn on the highway. We were supposed to go to Fort Lauderdale. And he completely missed the exit and he kept going north. And then uh, when, he, when he realized, oh, crap, I fucked up, Boca Raton, well, I guess we're going there. And so we went into the beach and stuff. I see. Uh, yeah. So uh, where are you going to college? I'm going to do two, uh, two years at Dade and then transfer to uh, FIU. Which is starting now in less than a month, which is insane. Oh my god! How's that going to work online? Oh my god! They haven't they haven't explained every school yet, but most for the general like the general beginning of the year, it's going to be online, apparently, and then they're going to slowly transition into in person slash online class, which I'm not a fan of online class. I mean, you don't really do much. And now, did you see what Gables posted the other day? Oh no, bro. Oh, <laughs> All no. these pointless rules. You have to, you have to dress up. You have to have your camera on. You have to have your microphone off. All these things. Like, no, nobody cares. You're just gonna come in here. Teacher's gonna say, "Hey, uh, open your book to page 669. Do this. Turn it in. Piss off. Like that's it." I think the worst thing that they posted. It, one of the rules that they posted was school. 8.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. That's oh, 3.30. They changed the times, too, which, thank God, we're graduated. But, yeah, oh we, we dip skis at the right time, bro. Could you imagine? And now, yeah, but now we, we lost uh, the principal. Oh, Mr. Costa. Costa. Yeah, now it's some other dude who I know absolutely nothing about. I, I'm bad at pronouncing names, but I think it's Mr. Ulavari. Okay, and what do we know about him? Well, I mean, he was the assistant principal at the police school academy. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we were complaining about Costa, and now they're going to have a cop president? I mean, excuse me, cop principal? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, rest in peace. These kids, they're screwed. No, they're not going to get away with anything. Oh, God. 
I mean, I, he seems, I mean, I, from the video I saw the Q&A that Cavs connected, he seems like a pretty nice guy, you know, pretty Yeah, but everyone seems nice on camera. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Kids I'm, on Gables are on another level, so can oh, you imagine? We were one of them. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I want to see this man's reaction, because we were at Gables. You would walk into any bathroom. It was a smoke fest. <laughs> any bathroom, no matter the time you walk in, you can smell the drugs from a mile away. So imagine a cop principal walking in on one of these sessions. What do you, what do you think his reaction to the smoking epidemic is going to be? I mean, I think he's going to handle it the same way Mr. Costa handled it. So by what? doing jack shit. I mean, Mr. I mean, I feel like they did a lot. Like, when they caught a kid, oh, actually, no, I take that back. They did not do anything. All they did was they just pulled a kid. They were like, you're drooling? CSI. But they really got strict on marijuana. Um, I disagree. <laughs> no, I, I think for the, for the sellers, they got strict. If they caught you once selling a cart, strike one, you're out. Firstly, I realize this goes on to the very first thing you asked me about the suits. Given, like, the way I dressed, I got away with so much shit at school so much shit i walked in, this was hilarious i was in the middle of smoking in in a, in a bathroom like everyone else and there was like four or five kids mr dog one of the the security like advisor comes in and checks every single person but me and then he goes oh i like your tie and he shakes my hand and he walks away <laughs> and he knows that i smoked because we talked about it and nothing i once i had a i was cleaning out my pipe i brought it to school by mistake and i was cleaning it out in class Teacher side goes, oh, there, I didn't know you smoked pipes. I was like, what? I'm not getting in trouble. You just want to sit here and talk about it. Like, nobody gave a single fuck. And it was great. It's because you had the suit and tie, man. That shit worked. A- apparently, it's like privilege gone to the like the in- most insane level. And I loved every second of it. So, yeah, if you want to get away with stuff at school, just dress better than everyone else and you're set. And I love how we're talking about, oh, you know, what's going to happen now that the principal's there. It's like, school's yeah. just going to be online for at least until January, I think. Oh, you're so right. Yeah, like, we're going to have <laughs> we're gonna have a separate Zoom call for the kids to smoke. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think Gable's going to, like, return to normal within this school year? I mean, because when this started, I think this is worst-case scenario. Worst case scenario is they find a cure for coronavirus mm-hmm. in the in spring break 2021. So what that means is if they find a, a cure, let's say March or April, I think at that point, since everyone is still going to be so shocked from COVID, Mr. Carvalho would say, "All right, school is out for the rest of this for the rest of this school year. We're so used to doing it online. We're going to keep it online for the rest of this school year. You know, once you get to that certain point, and then we're just going to go back to normal." Next I don't week. doubt that one bit, but what we were saying about the cure, the cure is most likely going to be a vaccine, of course. Of course, of course. But there are a lot of people, and a whole lot more than I thought, who are anti-vaccine. I mean, a very good friend of ours who goes to Gables has never been vaccinated once in her life. Jesus. And I thought that to go to school, you need your vaccines, but apparently not. I think you get a religious exemption. Yeah, but there we can't everyone just say, oh, you know, whatever, I'm a Catholic or whatever the fuck. And then boom, you don't have to get your vaccines. So wouldn't those people be the ones who would be transmitting the disease? I mean, more likely than anything, they'd be the ones getting the disease and then dying from it. Well, they're not going to die at our age, but yeah. I mean, 
imagine we we're speaking because we've been vaccinated. We get a shot every. Yeah, you're right. These people, you cough on them, they're probably dropped like a fly. But you know. <laughs> goodness gracious. Uh, last question: uh, mm. What do you want to be known for? What do I want to be known for? Oh, that's hard. Like, what would like? Okay, what would be written on my epitaph? Um, Pretty much, yeah. Well, ideally, I'd love to conquer the world and be a world dictator, but you know that's not going to particularly happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd like to be known for. Oof, that's that's a very hard. You put me on the spot, Cobus. Shame on you. Um, what would I like to be known for? For being a good orator, I think that's important. What's an orator? Orator, a person who's able to speak properly, oh. a, a, a communicator. I see. Yeah. That's a, that's a very difficult question. I'm telling you, I'm going to wake up at four in the morning and it's going to hit me. I want to be known for this and say, oh, fuck, too late now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a very good question. All right. Um, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, my absolute pleasure. This is honestly an honor. I even mentioned it on my podcast that your podcast was a huge inspiration of mine. So this is an absolute honor, Kobus. So thank you very much. Thank you. And this was on short notice because I'm not going to say who yeah. the guest was because they could still come on the show. Oh, okay. Naked on me, and I was Oof. like, I I need the episode. I need. I can't. Yeah. I can't not post an episode at least once every two weeks. So mm-hmm. I figured, who's the person I know? Perfect, Daryl. And we've, we had this great, perfect discussion. Yeah. Well, whenever you want me on, I'm available. Yeah. <laughs> and as you know, once again, all great things must end. Uh, you've been a wonderful guest. Well, thank you. You've been a great host. Superb questions, I might add. Thank you. Uh, stay safe. <laughs> we'll try. Remember to wear your mask. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. If you really like this episode, please subscribe or whatever it is you do on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast to add me and make sure that you're available and you can see when future content is uploaded. Thank you.